This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored by Book Riot Insiders, the digital bookish resource and hangout spot for readers. Enrich your reading life with our Book Riot Insiders perks. We've got three levels to Insiders, short story, novel, and the epic level, and you can try any level out for free for two weeks. For podcast lovers, that means you, insiders at the novel and epic levels get access to two exclusive shows, the Read Harder podcast, which gives recommendations for the Read Harder challenge task by task, and Book Riot Remix, where we randomly pair up hosts from across our shows to talk about, well, whatever they want. Insiders also get exclusive access to bookish deals, behind-the-scenes newsletters, our new release index, the Epic Book Club, and more. Sign up for your free trial at insiders.bookriot.com. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 103, and we are recording on Saturday, May 29th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra! Hey, Katie! Happy Saturday! <laughs> Happy Saturday! It is the weekend! I'm so excited! <laughs> a long weekend for us in the U.S., so exciting, exciting! Yes, and I took a couple extra days off, so I'm I'm getting a longer weekend, a much needed longer weekend. Oh goodness, Maybe I'll like have that. time to sit down and read. What does that feel like? <laughs> I don't know. I'm really hoping that I get to find out, though. Do you have any big plans for this weekend? Yes, actually. So we are driving up to Lake Tahoe. So we live in we live outside of San Francisco City, so in the suburbs. So we are driving up to Lake Tahoe this weekend, and we're super super excited. This is going to be our first time there, and I'm excited for some beach time and some away from home time. Finally, oh. after a long long time, we're all vaccinated. The numbers are looking good, especially here in California. Towards yeah, overall they're looking good in California. I think so. We're excited to be out and about. What about you? <laughs> Well, this weekend, Blaine and I have tickets to the Cubs game tomorrow, which will be, yeah. oh, we're so excited. We <laughs> haven't, um, our last game was in 2019. And oh then last year, of course, the baseball season was shortened. No one was allowed in the stadiums. And so now we uh, get to go back to Wrigley Field and we are so excited. Blaine and I are fully vaccinated and it's going to be interesting being around that many people. So yeah. They're, where they're projecting about probably 20,000 people at Wrigley Field. So, but it'll be outdoors and there, you know, there'll still be some, you know, some elbow room. It's not at full capacity. And mm-hmm. like I said, we're fully vaccinated. So we're feeling reasonably, you know, we're feeling pretty good about going to the game, but it'll be, it'll definitely be, be different from the last year of feeling uncomfortable when someone walks too close to you at the grocery store. <laughs> yes. Two of my colleagues went to a game last week uh, for the first time in a long time. And next morning they came up to us and they all were telling us how they got really emotional for a second because, you know, that they hadn't experienced that in such a while. It started raining in the middle, but they were all so happy because they just got to sit and eat their corn dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't follow baseball, but it was a lot of fun vicariously, you know, living through them. So I hope you guys have a great game and you get to have a lot of fun. I hope so too. The weather looks great for tomorrow. So we're we're excited about that. And we're, we always get to the game early so we can grab food and find our seats nice. and just kind of sit and relax. <laughs> so we're, I think we're going to, we're going to do the same for tomorrow, but yeah, we're really, we're really excited. This is like our first big outing that we've done since mm-hmm. COVID. So yeah, we're, this will be fun. I'm excited for you guys. (laughs) Well, I'm excited you guys get to go to Lake Tahoe. I am jealous. I've heard it is gorgeous there. Yes, I am so excited for the for some beach time and some beach and water and sand time, basically. (laughs) But yeah, with that, uh, let's jump into our show. All righty. You want to go ahead and give us our first sponsor? Absolutely. This episode of Red or Dead is sponsored in part by Emporia State University's School of Library and Information Management. The Master's of Library Science program at Emporia State University is an ALA-accredited program that offers you the flexibility of online classes while also giving you a community of peers to build your professional network. Through a combination of instruction, students are able to form deep connections to the coursework, professors, other students, and practicing professionals in libraries. 
ESU offers a quick and affordable way to earn your MLS with more students completing their degree in two years, even while working a full-time job. To learn more, visit our website at www.emporia.edu slash slim. That's emporia.edu slash S-L-I-M. Thank you for sponsoring this show. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. We are so delighted to have you with us. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We are so excited that you have come back for more. And like I said at the top of the show, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and true crime and just about everything that falls under that fabulous umbrella. So it can be book adaptations coming out. It can be new subgenres that we're interested in exploring. It can be author read-alikes. It can be just bonkers news items that came out that are relevant to the world of mysteries and suspense because those news items happen from time to time. So this is the part of the show where we like to put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. And we... We really love hearing from the listeners about new ideas to explore. It helps us expand our reading horizons. It helps us plan our future episodes. It helps us know what you all would be interested in hearing us gab about every two weeks. And it's it's just really great to hear from people. And we have planned so many of the previous episodes around suggestions from listeners. So if you have any ideas or recommendations, you can send us an email or reach out on social media. We'll have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. But we always put out the call at the beginning of the episode, get those get those creative juices flowing. And even if you don't have an idea, you just want to say hi, we love hearing from people just regardless. It just makes us so happy. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us and join us and become a part of this fabulous, mysterious community that we have created. And with that, we've got a we've got a packed episode, so I'm just going to jump right into our usual news segment. Our first news item was one that we couldn't remember if we mentioned <laughs> last episode or not, so we're going to err on the side if we didn't mention it. And just let everyone know that Stacey Abrams' new book, While Justice Sleeps, which just came out um, a couple weeks ago, I think, has been uh, picked up for a TV adaptation, which is honestly not shocking at all. This book just seems like it is perfectly primed for some kind of film or TV adaptation. And it's just getting all the buzz. And it's just the book is supposed to be fantastic. I haven't had a chance to pick it up yet, but... As soon as I can get my grubby little hands on a copy, I will. So that is super exciting. We don't have any, we don't really have any casting news or anything along those lines. Although I believe uh, Stacey Abrams is going to be executive producing the show at the very least. So she's going to, she's going to still be involved uh, with the adaptation to, to some degree. And then along with that news, there's been a little bit a little bit more recent news item that Stacey Abrams has signed a deal for two more political thrillers featuring main character Avery Keene from While Justice Sleeps. So if you've read the book and really enjoyed it, guess what? You've got two more coming your way over the next few years. So again, not surprising at all. Stacey Abrams is just, I mean, she can do everything. She can save democracy and she can put out best-selling political thrillers and romance novels. Let's not forget that she is all that she was first a romance author. So Stacey Abrams is totally killing it. And I'm super excited that she'll get to write more. Uh, yeah, same on uh, a couple of my friends have already read While Justice Sleeps and they could not stop raving about it. And I, I like you, I'm waiting to get hands on a copy because I already have a problem of buying too many books. So I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to be a little, uh, you know, trying to be a little meticulous, wait for, put it on hold in the library wait till like 100 other people read it and then it's my turn but it's okay it's okay the time will come <laughs> <laughs> and with that another news item the cwa dagger award shortlists have been released and the cwa dagger awards they're a, a literary crime writing awards that are based in the united kingdom 
And the super fun thing about this, these awards are there, they have 11 categories and each of the categories is called a dagger. So they have the daggers like the Ghoul Dagger, Iron Fleming Dagger, John Creasy Dagger, a crime fiction. They have created the this, It's you cannot forget while going through the shortlist that this is a very mystery and crime focused short uh, award categories. And some of their picks are absolutely fantastic. The books that are published from January 2020 to December 31st, 2020 are the ones that are only being considered for the shortlist. And some of the dagger or the categories, for instance, the gold dagger has Black Dog Wasteland in it by S.A. Cosby. Crime Fiction and Translation Dagger has Three by D.A. Mishani, which I love, love, love. <laughs> it's so many amazing, amazing picks. And uh, Katie, like you've mentioned so many times, one of the best parts about going through shortlists and award just nominate nominees is finding books you've already read and you know cheering for them inside but also discovering so many new more new books and the lineup in this and then the CWA awards in this year is absolutely fantastic some of these books were on my radar but now they've been bumped just because you know it, it happens when someone reminds you of them for instance the postscript murders by Ellie Griffiths the first book the stranger diaries i believe it's called has been on my radar forever and now i'm intrigued because you know there's a second book waiting for me it's a fantastic shortlist we're gonna attach it in the short notes show notes, words, uh, for all of you to browse through. And if there are any particular reads you're excited about, don't forget to let us know. And yeah, what about, uh, did you get a chance to go through this, Katie? Yeah, briefly. And I definitely agree with everything that you said. I mean, A, the the general appeal of award shortlists, just because you get so many reading recommendations. But yeah, I felt like these books nominated for the Dagger Awards is such a good blend, um, at least for me personally, of books that, like you said, are, were already on my radar, some books I've already read and am familiar with, and some books that I'm like, I've never heard of these. I've never heard of this book before. There's always something new to discover. And I think there's a really, there's a really good blend of well-known titles and authors and lesser known titles and authors. So yeah, a lot of fun to go to go through this shortlist. Highly recommend taking a look. All right. And then we've got one last news piece in forthcoming book news that we are very excited about. If you liked Tiny Pretty Things, the YA thriller that came out about five years ago, written by Danielle Clayton and Sona Share Potra. And this was the book that took place at an elite ballet school in New York City. And it was billed as Black Swan meets Pretty Little Liars, which was totally 100% accurate. If you love that book, guess what? Danielle Clayton and Sona Shari Potra are coming out with a brand new YA thriller. And I've got jazz hands going. I am so <laughs> excited. So this new book, which isn't coming out until March of 2022, unfortunately, we've got a little bit of a wait, but it's going to take place in a private school in Washington, D.C., where a lot of the children of powerful D.C. politicians go to school. And so obviously in a city and an environment like that, you are going to have so much gossip, so much scandal, and oh, it just sounds super juicy. And I am so excited to read it. I am really looking forward to meeting the characters of this book because that was just the strongest element of Tiny Pretty Things. The The main characters, you all, you got a chance to experience the story from all of their perspectives. And the characters were so strong and interesting and complicated. And I am just expecting even more of that in this one. So yeah, the book is going to be called The Rumor Game. And we'll have a link in the show notes. Entertainment Weekly has a first look at the book and the cover, which looks awesome. So yes, if you're looking for a new YA gossipy thriller <laughs> psychological suspense novel, put this one on your radar and grab it as soon as it comes out. The Even the series for Tiny Pretty Things, I feel like Black Swan meets Brilliant Little Liars. 
could not have been more accurate. You know, just the series was fantastic. It's got that claustrophobic feel, but also, you know, of it's just like slow build tension. Oh, so good. So if you haven't watched the series for the Tiny Pretty Things yet, you should while you wait for this next book. And with that, let's jump into our discussion. So yes. this episode idea was courtesy of one of our listeners. So thank you so much for send, always sending your show ideas our way. We absolutely love reading them and building episodes around them. So what we went with at this time is fictional true crime. So I have taken it to mean literally anything that has anything to do with crime and it's fiction, I've put it in there. <laughs> but it's just... Over the past years, we've seen this increase in fictionalized true crime. So what I mean by that is books like Sadie by Courtney Summers, where uh, it's about a missing person case and how a podcast is used to unravel or work through that case. And that's not the only case. Another one that comes to my mind is Conviction by Denise Mina, in which uh, we have this avid podcast listener who's trying to escape from her what's going on in her daily life and starts unraveling the mystery that is in the, that is hidden in the podcast and how she, how her own secret becomes a threatened because of it. It's just a whole plethora of so there's so much range with what's being done with just fictionalized true crime, whether it's crime that has actually happened in history or just a crime that is fictionalized that's made up but also it's given this grandeur the sense of grandeur in the fiction itself where you almost feel like it actually has happened in history and that this is a very much true account of it so there's so much range with what's been done with this genre and i katie and i we're hoping to cover some of the picks that will help you explore all kinds of it yeah, I, I loved this idea just because we are seeing so many books come out where there is kind of a true crime element, like you mentioned with the podcasts, or it could be the fictionalized story includes amateur crime solvers, because we know there's a ton of people online in the real world who do, who try to solve unsolved true crime cases, cold cases. And probably the most famous example of that is I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, where she worked uh, with a bunch of people online to try and figure out who was the Golden State serial killer. So there's just there's a lot of a lot of these things floating around in our real world. And I always think it's really interesting when authors are able to tap into that and kind of bring that sensibility to the fictionalized world. So Nezra, do you want to go ahead and give us your first pick? Because I love your first pick. Yes. Okay. So when I was coming here to update the show notes and I saw the discussion topic that you had, you know, like, you know, you always articulated nicely. So I saw the topic and immediately, you know, like that tingle you feel in your fingers. You're like, okay, then. So it's this book is so fantastic. It's a perfect mix of gritty and historical fiction but also it has it taps a nerve that goes deeper so it's more than just what you're reading on the surface and it's so so well done oh my goodness so my first pick is his bloody project documents relating to the case of Roderick McRae by Graham McRae Burnett and this book is set in the year 1869 and it's about a brutal triple murder that happens in the remote community of uh, of Scottish Highlands that lead to the arrest of a young man by the name of Roderick McRae. And a memoir is written by the accused. And that's how we come across this uh, book itself, is we're reading snippets of what he has written, but also this investigative look into tracing back of how this happened or just the history of this case itself. And so yeah, so what happens is this, uh, it follows the grisly killings of the three people at the hands of a 17-year-old. And the in the beginning itself, the author claims that he was looking into his de- genealogy and he discovered this murder case along with the infamous account of the accused himself. And the story is presented as true crime, but it, and it feels that way because it's a lot of, you know, narratives by the people who surrounded Roderick, uh, his own account, and then the author 
investigating into it. So it's very much, you feel like you are in the middle of a case, you know, you are following it every day and learning more about the case. And it's, but it's a fictional story. And it's written so convincingly. Uh, It has a very acute sense of time and place. And it also has a very excellent running commentary of the people, of the conditions, of the socioeconomic conditions of the people at that time. And it's just fantastic. And if you like true crime, if you like historical fiction, if you like murder mysteries, if you just like this added layer of your murdered mysteries where you get to know more about a place, more about people... This is for you. This is for everyone, honestly, who can stand a little bit of, you know, it is a little grisly. It does get a little graphic at times. But if you can brave through that, it is so, so worth your time. So again, it's His Bloody Project by Graham McRae Burnett. Oh my gosh. I loved this book so much. Oh. I read it, I think, like maybe a couple years ago. I talk, I remember talking about it on the podcast a couple years ago. I don't remember what our topic was, but everything that you said is 100% true. I was just so amazed at the layers to this story and how seamlessly the author just creates this narrative that feels so real, so authentic. And then you end up questioning, like, what's real? What's not? Who, like, what perspective do I believe? Like, what, what is going on here? It is, oh my gosh, it was so good. I was astounded at how much I enjoyed it. It was excellent. And I did this on audio. And uh, and I usually have a lower threshold of, you know, how much gore I can stand. And I just, I couldn't stop. I couldn't, I, I physically couldn't stop myself. So the audiobook is also pretty excellent. <laughs> I'll have to try it when I get when I get around to rereading it. I'll have to try it on audio. All right. Before I get into my first pick, I want to make sure that we get to our second sponsor. So our second sponsor for this episode is Unfinished Business by J.A. Jantz from Gallery Books. And this is a new heart-pounding and sharply written thriller from best-selling author J.A. Jantz, who has been called a grandmaster of the genre. And the book follows Allie Reynolds, whose personal life is thrown into turmoil just as two men show up on the scene. A former employee of her husband's, who has just been released from prison, and a serial killer who sets his sights a little too close to home. J.A. Jantz is the best-selling author of the Allie Reynolds series, but she's also written other series featuring characters like J.P. Beaumont, Joanna Brady, as well as the five interrelated Southwestern thrillers featuring the Walker family. J- yeah, J.E. Jance is just one of those thriller powerhouse authors, and she's one of those authors. Every time she comes out with a new book, I immediately purchase a copy for our library. She's super popular and for good reason. So if you are a J.A. Jance fan or if you're looking to get involved with her work, you'll definitely want to pick up Unfinished Business. And again, that is published by Gallery Books, and we thank them very much for sponsoring this episode. All right, so my first pick is actually technically two picks, but the first the first book that my my first thought when when we decided on this topic was Dark Places by Gillian Flynn. And obviously we talk about Gillian Flynn a lot. Everyone knows who Gillian Flynn is, but I feel like Dark Places is her novel that just doesn't get talked about nearly as much as Gone Girl or Sharp Objects. And Dark Places was written in between the two. It was written in like 2009, something like that. And it follows Libby Day. And when Libby was a child, when she was seven, her mother and her two sisters were brutally murdered in what became known as the Satan Sacrifice of Kinnicky, Kansas. And she, she survived. And then she testified against her 15-year-old brother, Ben, saying that he was the one who killed her family. And Ben was sent to prison and Libby went through foster homes and grew up to be, not surprisingly, a pretty complicated, traumatized person about everything that happened. And then 25 years after the murder... She is contacted by this secret society called the Kill Club. And they are kind of like the, they're the amateur crime solvers that I mentioned earlier when we were talking about this, this whole fictionalized true crime theme. And they believe that Libby's brother may not actually have been the murderer. And they hope to find proof that, that may release him from prison 
And so Libby decides, so they contact her, seeing if she will assist them with their investigation, since she is the sibling of the accused. And she decides, yeah, I'll do this. I need some money. (laughs) And so she says, all right, yeah, I'll go along with your investigation. She's going, she reconnects with the people that were in her and her brother's lives at the time of the murder. And she'll, you know, she'll try to track these people down, talk to them, see if she can get information and she will charge the Kill Club a fee because she needs money. So she goes through and kind of investigates her own family history and her own traumatic history. Obviously things get, things get dark, things get complicated. And yeah, that's, that's all I'll say about that. And Dark Places is, it's an inter, it's a really interesting book. It has a different kind of gut punch than Sharp Objects did. I've said it repeatedly. Sharp Objects, that was nasty. Like that book was razor sharp. It will like rip your heart out kind of with pointy teeth. Dark Places is, it is dark. There's a lot of dark subject matter. It's dark psychologically. It's also sad. This book has a really pressing feeling of sadness about Libby's family and then the circumstances that she finds herself in because the book alternates between the present day and in the weeks and days leading up to the murder of Libby's family. You just get this sense of hopelessness and it's really, it's really permeating. The characters are all extremely complicated. I don't know that the word likable could be used with any of them, but I think there's so much growth there's so much like the the characters are just so multifaceted that even if they are, you know, unlikable, you can't stop reading about them because their stories are so compelling. And this is like I said, kind of a different kind of a gut punch. It's not rip your heart out like sharp objects did, but it's just it just has this kind of like sinking dark sadness to it. And it's really well done. It is really well done. But like I said, it's her book that probably doesn't get, or that definitely doesn't get the amount of attention that her other two super popular novels have. So if you like Gillian Flynn, but have not read Dark Places yet, definitely pick it up. And then my second book that I wanted to tack onto this, because the overall plot and themes are so are so similar, is Theme Music by T. Marie Vandelli. And this one follows Dixie Wheeler, who as a baby, her family was brutally killed by an axe murder. We're se- I'm sensing a theme here between the mm-hmm. two books. Can't quite put my finger on it, but So as an adult, Dixie has the opportunity to purchase her family's old house. And she decides that she's going to do that because she wants to, she wants to better remember what happened when her family was killed because she was only, you know, she was a toddler when, when the murders happened. So she really does not remember anything, but she is the only living witness. So she moves into her family home. She starts to kind of set up all the furniture the way it used to be. She tries to kind of recreate the crime scene. And she really goes down a deep, dark rabbit hole. And this book has some, like, it's not supernatural, but it has some kind of supernaturally elements to it where there's some thoughts that, you know, that there may be ghosts or demons involved with this 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 book was super dark and theme music is extremely bloody like i was reading it and going (laughs) it is an enjoyable ride if you like dark 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 stuff but just as a heads up it is pretty gross um but the book is it was so good it's so compelling dark dark plot compelling, complicated characters, and it just had all of the elements for a prime Katie thriller. So I guess those are my two axe murder fictional true crime recommendations. So Dark Places by Gillian Flynn and Theme Music by T. Marie Vandelli. Yeah, so I have for some reason never been able to, never gotten around reading Dark Places, but after hearing you say 
I might, you know, when I saw that in the show notes, I was like, okay, yeah, of course, Katie's going to talk about Gillian Flynn because, you know, <laughs> we all know you love Gillian Flynn, but she is fantastic and she just, uh, she just wrecks you. She just, wrecks mm-hmm. you. when you read a book of hers, you just, you're direct for dates. Mm-hmm. And you'll love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no better feeling. My next pick, I'm going to add that to the next list because it's sort of, it's very similar to the uh, two of the picks that you've shared. I mean, it's a given when you're talking about any sort of, even fictionalized true crime or just true crime. It's, I think, when, even with true crime, when you start seeing the impact that it has, the peop- all the people's lives, it has, it ends up touching and just the trauma of it and it's bound to get, it's it's going to be gruesome. It's going to be very, very dark. And it's just, it's, it's not pleasant. So, but it's also an experience that I think one of the reasons why I appreciate reading it is just because there's always some, something else in the picture, you know, why, what made the person, how these families recover and just, there are also stories of resilience hidden in these stories when the, about how the victims, you know, they come to terms with what has happened with them. And it's just a study in character. So with that caveat, I'm going to mention my next one. It's uh, the, my pick is The Nothing Man by Catherine Ryan Howard. And for this book as well, it has a similar plotline where at the age of 12, Eve Black was the only member of her family to survive an encounter with serial attacker that has come to be known as the Nothing Man just because he left no traces behind. The police could not find any DNA, any evidence, or they could not retrace anything back to the killer. And now as an adult, she is obsessed with finding out who was the one who killed her entire family. And she has penned down her whole story in a memoir. And now you switch to another timeline where supermarket security guard Jim Doyle has just started reading the memoir written by Eve Black called The Nothing Man. And as he turns each page, he starts getting angry. And because Jim's not just interested in, you know, reading the memoir as, as just a memoir, he is the nothing man. He is the man who killed her family. And he soon begins to realize that how dangerously close Eve has come to identifying who he is. So it becomes this, it's like a game of cat and mouse where Jim wants to be in power and he is deciding, he's plotting that how how he's going to take care of Eve, but Eve also has something up her sleeve. So if you enjoy books within books and you know, just multi-layered stories where everything is just chipped away very slowly, then this is a fantastic read. It is dark. And like you mentioned with Dark Places, it is sad, but it's well, well worth your time if you can, you know, if you can stomach a bit of gore and if you in general appreciate true crime. So that's The Nothing Man by Catherine Ryan Howard. All right. And then my second pick is... Heartsick by Chelsea Kane. And I realized just now when I was looking at my picks, I'm like, wow, I went for really kind of a brutal <laughs> approach to this because heart, if you've read Heart Heartsick by Chelsea Kane, it is not this is another nasty book. Um, so I guess we're getting an insight into the types of books I really enjoy reading. But <laughs> so with Heartsick, the reason why I picked this is because it has the trope of the serial killer that is now in prison, but the detective must go visit the serial killer to solve another crime. So basically like the Hannibal Lecter, Silence Mm -hmm. of the Lambs type of premise. And for me, that always just puts a book firmly in the fictional true crime category. It because you have a crime that already happened, the killer is in prison, but they need to be brought in for this other case. So it just kind of creates this sense of like other things happening in the world. It creates this sense of history, even if the history is recent, where you get that true crime feeling rather than, oh, this is something that is immediately happening right now. So this book, in this book, the serial killer is actually a woman and her name is Gretchen Lowell. And she is, I mean, she's not a cannibal like Hannibal Lecter, but she is just as manipulative and vicious. And she is truly one of the most chilling villains in a mystery suspense, psychological suspense novel that I've ever read. 
And so she, um, before she ended up in prison, she, she was a serial killer and she ended up capturing the detective Archie Sheridan, who had spent 10 years trying to solve the crimes, solve the murders that she had committed. And so she kidnaps him, holds him hostage for 10 days, tortures him. But instead of killing him, she lets him go and turns herself in. So now she's been locked away in prison. She's going to stay in prison for the rest of her life. While Archie has been, even though he survived, in many ways he did not survive. He's addicted to pain pills. He's addicted to her. It's a very Stockholm Syndrome type of relationship. And if you have watched the TV series Hannibal and and you know the relationship between Hannibal Lecter and Will Graham, this is very much like that. Very much. So if that's a trope that intrigues you, you'll definitely want to pick up this book. So that's kind of how the book starts. And that's the general that's the general context that we find all the characters in. But then the crime that's being committed now is another killer has been kidnapping teenage girls from Portland. And Archie has to pull himself together to lead the task force to investigate these murders. And he ends up joining forces with Susan Ward, who is a young reporter who begins profiling Archie and the investigation. And then as soon as she puts herself into the investigation, that sparks Gretchen's interest. And suddenly you're in this tangled web of secrets, manipulation, obsession. It's, it is just so dark. And it's just, you're like, oh my God. Gosh. But if you like that type of stuff, this book is like catnip. <laughs> I love it. And yeah, and if you if you're wanting that that true crime element of like getting learning from the killer who has been caught and is now in prison, if you if you like that sense of like, hmm, I don't wanna I don't wanna have to interact with this person, but I have to in order to for to gain better understanding or to solve these other crimes. If that's a trope that you really like, this book is a really good pick. And again, that is Heart Sick by Chelsea Kane. All right. So obviously there are so many books that we could have picked for, <laughs> for this show. I mean, we each had like a couple other ones in case we had time, but we're kind of at the end of our, of our discussion about this topic. But if you have any other suggestions for this fictionalized true crime world, let us know because this this topic in particular, like we both saw this topic and we're like, yes, we need to talk about it. So we are definitely looking for your recommendations for any of these books. Absolutely. Uh, and with that, I'll jump into this new release that I'm super, super pumped about and which I'm actually in the middle of reading because I was fortunate enough to get a galley copy of it. It's called The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dalila Harris. And this comes out June 1st. So it's the Tuesday right after the long weekend, which is perfect timing, I feel like. So this has been described as Devil Wears Prada meets Get Out. <laughs> and my daytime job is in marketing so i understand how you know marketing the appeal of marketing but let me tell you like so far what i've read it is 100 percent an accurate comp it has a lot of that you know if you've seen or read devil wears Prada, you know how it has this sense of fabulousness that oh my goodness this amazing job in fashion and in getting to do all of this and that but it there's more to it. It's not all glitter and shine and there's a lot of darkness underneath it. And that's what this book I feel like is capturing. But then if you look at what Get Out was all about, then that's a whole other layer that you need to read this book to discover just because it, I don't want to spoil Get Out. I don't want to spoil this book. There's a lot at stake here. So uh, just a little bit about the book. It's about 26-year-old editorial assistant Nella Rogers, and she is tired of being the only Black employee at Wagner Books. Fed up with the isolation and the microaggressions she has to face every day, she's thrilled when Harlem Bourne and Brad Hazel starts working in the cubicle besides hers. And they've only just started to compare natural hair care regimens when a string of uncomfortable events elevate Hazel to office darling, Nella is left in the dust all alone. And then that's when the notes begin to appear on Nella's desk. Leave Wagner now. 
It's hard to believe Hazel is behind these hostile messages, but as Nella starts to spiral and obsess over the sinister forces that might be at play, she soon realizes there's a lot more at stake than just her career. Another comp that I would say, because I've just recently read it, there's also a very deep sense of when no one is watching by Alyssa Cole in this. So you that feeling in when uh, no one is watching where the character is just working through her own problems and but there's just uncomfortable sense of, you know, everything around her is also not as it seems. It's very present in this novel as well. So it's so far what I've read is is fantastic. And it's if Get Out was your thing, if Devil Wear Prada was your thing, if When No One Is Watching was something you enjoyed, or if you just enjoy works that are that go deeper of what the problem seems something surface level, but it's so much deeper then this is for you. So it's The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delila Harris, and it's out June 1st. Oh, I wish you could have seen my face when you said you're like, okay, Devil Wears Prada and Get Out, but then also when no one is watching. And I just went, (laughs) and yeah, this book, I am so excited for it. I was so excited when when the book was picked up for publication and they were talking about it because it got such a huge deal. I think it was like six or seven figures, something like that. The publishing world paid a lot of money for this book. And what I also really love is that the author herself works in publishing. So it's like she's writing a a thriller based on her own workplace Mm -hmm. and her bosses are paying her an exorbitant amount of money to publish that (laughs) book. It's like an inside scoop. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, this book has been on my radar for so long and I am so excited that it's out on June 1st. I will probably have to take myself to the bookstore on June 1st. And actually another reason to take yourself to the bookstore (laughs) on June 1st, uh, of course you'll be listening to this after June 1st, but take yourself to the bookstore. The other book that we wanted to mention also coming out on June 1st, which we have already mentioned so many times, but It is finally here, The Bombay Prince by Sujata Masi, which is the third book in the Praveen Mystery series. And this book obviously follows Praveen Mystery, who is based on the first woman to practice law in India in the 1920s. And this particular book uh, takes place at the end of 1921. And there's a lot happening in Bombay. The Prince of Wales and future ruler of India, Edward VIII, is arriving to begin a four-month tour. But the the people of India who have been living under British rule are really starting to chafe at the British ruling and they really they're striving for independence. And there's a lot of political unrest, there's riots, there's people are being targeted for racial violence. Gee, I can't, you know, I can't think of anything that might have happened over the last several years that we could possibly compare this to. But <laughs> but that's that's kind of the setup for for the mystery at the heart of the book, which is there is an 18-year-old uh female law student named Franny who falls from a second floor gallery just as the prince's procession is passing by her college. And Parveen really strongly identified with Franny, who was very much like herself, a young woman fighting hard against the confines of her society's rules and expectations. And Parveen had given her a legal consultation just a few days before Franny had died. And so Parveen feels really, really guilty that she wasn't able to help her while she was alive. So she is determined to bring justice to her death for her family and to find out what actually happened. Because while it initially has been ruled as, you know, as not murder, (laughs) Praveen soon realizes that it was indeed murder. So she is trying to investigate this crime while all of this other stuff is happening. And what I, one of the things that I love so much about these books is the way that the author combines the, the mystery, which is, okay, yes, someone died. We need to figure out what happened. But it's so well mixed with all of the cultural and political things that are happening in India, in Bombay in the 1920s. You know, like, you know, like we mentioned before, there's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of political things happening and just a lot of outside forces that make the mystery so much more complicated. 
And the characters are just so fascinating in these books. Perveen Mystery is such an amazing character. She she walks the that line between. She really wants to do what's right. She's driven by justice. She's driven by wanting to protect the marginalized people in society. But she's written in a way where she doesn't. She's not cloyingly sweet. She's not she's not a Pollyanna. She, you know, she's, she's really struggling and it just feels so authentic and so inspiring. And, oh, I just love her character so much. So the third book is out on June 1st. Again, that is the Bombay Prince by Sujata Masi. If you have not read the other two books in this series, do yourself a solid read both of them. They are fantastic. They are amazing. They have their, the sense of place and the culture is very very accurate it's vivid but it's also very accurate just because the southeast asian or the culture of the subcontinent is my own culture so i i see a lot of the things resonated in it and it is fantastic and she captures these details which i have never thought to notice so she'll be describing a house but she'll also take note of the way that the windows are built there so there are all there are these bars on the windows that are made of iron just because it just for security reasons and how they indicate this there's almost a classist element to them because rich people can afford them and the uh, people who are lower in the socioeconomic hierarchy cannot and it's her it's it's so good it's so good and i am excited to pick this up and i think i like you will also have to make a trip to the bookstore because why not why not? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not very good for your goal to not buy too many more books. No, no. <laughs> I started no buy May, and I told my friend. I told my friend who keeps me in check, and then my husband very strictly. You know, you if you see me come in with a new book, you have the right to ask me why I got that book. You know, I am not going to buy anything. And that lasted a whole. And I, I do not exaggerate. A whole of five days. <laughs> Before I walked in home from work and I had these three books and I got during lunch break and uh, Omer, my husband, was just like, he he just looked at it and he was like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not getting into this today, <laughs> which I'm very grateful for. So, <laughs> you know, he's a keeper. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's okay. I'm, I am my own biggest enemy. So buy yourself <laughs> books, you know, do what makes you happy. <laughs> but, yeah. So what have you been currently reading? Well, I, the last couple of weeks, I have not read much at all, but I did, since we didn't do our recent reads from our last episode, I, I can talk about those. Um, I did finish reading Girl A by Abigail Dean, which was one of my most anticipated books of the year. And it was so, so good. Just super, super quickly. Actually, this would be another really good book for the true crime discussion because it's a fictionalized account of a group of siblings that were rescued from their parents' extremely religious and extremely abusive household. And the story, uh, the main character is Lex, and she has just learned that where her father... Uh, died by suicide shortly after she and her siblings were rescued when they were children. And her mother was sent to prison and she has just gotten word that her mother has died recently and has left, you know, some money and some assets to Lex. And so now she has to figure out what to do with them. So she's contacting all of her siblings to, you know, to say like, hey, this is what I think we should do with our parents' money. And obviously this becomes very complicated because they all survived a very, very traumatic childhood. And they all grew up and dealt with that trauma in very, very different ways. And this book, it was compared to Sharp Objects when it was, or before it came out. And so that was one of the reasons why I picked it up. Again, Gillian Flynn. But it is kind of like Sharp Objects, but it's also not. This is a book that you read for the characters because again, the characters are so well-drawn they're complicated. Some of them are likable. Some of them are not. But you just get a sense. You learn what the trauma that they all lived through. And it's just, it's this heartbreaking book. 
it's suspenseful, but this isn't your typical psychological suspense novel. You read it for the characters and you read it for their stories and to learn how they how they survived. And it was so good, so well written. It's oh my gosh, I loved it so so much. Um, so again, that's Girl A by Abigail Dean. And then in terms of what I'm currently reading, I did pick up a copy of The Good Girls in Ordinary Killing by Sonia Falero. It's a true crime book that came out a few months ago about um, a couple of girls who were murdered in India. And it's a story about how just an investigation into their crimes and how it was handled by local politicians and law enforcement and the community at large and what their deaths meant to their families. And it's it's a true crime book that looks at the crimes, but also at the impact of the crimes and what it says about the society that they that they lived in and whatnot. So um, I haven't started reading it yet, but it's, it's on my shelf. I need to return it pretty soon. <laughs> and I do, and I do very much want to read this one. This one was on my radar as soon as I heard about it. So again, that's The Good Girls and Ordinary Killing by Sonia Falero. I'm so happy to hear that both of because I, from what I recall, both of these books were in your most anticipated books of 2021. Yeah, I think the second one was too. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's fantastic to see that you know people actually do stick to lists and <laughs> what their you know their visions for the year. But both of those sound amazing, and we all look forward to hearing your thoughts on the Good Girls. And with that, that is our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Thanks so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zink, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookride.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookride.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookride.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send an email with feedback or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookride.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nasra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at K-T underscore library lady. And we'll talk to you next time.